interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to The Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about video games, cosplay, comics, movies, and all things nerdy. I'm Kay, and recording with me tonight, as always, is Jesse. Yo! The sponsor hearts this week is uh, brought to you by a, a Tumblr post? I think it's a right? Twitter post, but maybe it was, it was Tumblr also, or Twitter. Yeah, it's that, it, it, um, I, I believe, I believe they're a woman, but they were saying they were watching porn, and they're like, I'm sorry, and I had, they're like, I was watching porn, and I had to pause it, because I'm sorry, is that a Sephiroth tattoo? And they cropped- If Deadass was a Sephiroth dead tattoo. Deadass was a Sephiroth tattoo. And they cropped out all the, like, naughty bits, but, like, there was the, on the dude's arm- a fucking Sephiroth tattoo, and I, I was just like, look at this fucking masterpiece that I could not. It was also like a good Sephiroth tattoo, which is probably the weirdest part. I don't think I could finish <laughs> watching the porn at that point because I would just be like so distracted by Sephiroth. <laughs> like this man has a whole ass Sephiroth tattoo on his. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to? The only thing I could think is worse is like that one time I saw that guy with a giant Dumbledore tattoo on the back of his arm, and it was like <laughs> photorealistic Dumbledore tattoo on the back of this man's arm. That's the only thing weirder I could possibly like think about seeing in a porn and not being able to focus anymore because I was so distracted by the tattoo. It was, if anybody's curious, the scene of Sephiroth turning his back and walking through the fires of Nibelheim. <laughs> so, like, it was a tattoo of that moment. It's an intense Sephiroth tattoo on this man. Yeah, there's flames around him. It was actually really well done, which is probably the weirdest part of it. I sent it to Chris, and I was like, when you're no longer the prettiest queen on screen because Sephiroth is there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, with that, shall we move into our pre-salt? Yup. Okay. Well, um, I, I think I've talked before about how I picked up Warrior and was kind of messing around with it and leveling Roulette. Um, since... Jesse's moving further into the post Heavensward story quest. I was like, oh, we're at the same level in the Dark Knight quests right now. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get left behind on the Dark Knight quests. <laughs> so I picked up Dark Knight again. Um, it was initially terrifying to the point where I was like, I'll just level. Uh, you need to be level 61 to get into Heaven on High, which is the Stormblood equivalent of Palace of the Dead. Hmm. So I was like, okay. Well, my Dark Knight's at level 60. Um, oh, I should probably... I talked about this at the time a little bit on the podcast, but I picked up Dark Knight uh, as my first tank before I fully understood the game, because I was still in Heaven's Word and I was a baby player. Um, I leveled it primarily through Palace of the Dead, which is a huge mistake, and had a really, really rough time of it and ended up having such a bad dungeon run that I quit Dark Knight. Uh, and I played it a little bit since then to get to level 60, I think also through Palace of the Dead, because I was too scared to take it into a dungeon. Um, and I did the level 60 job quest, um, the, fir- the first one from Stormblood. And then I just, like, I haven't played it in, like, six, seven months. Um, so I was terrified. And so I'm like, I'll just level up in Palace of the Dead enough to get into Heaven on High, and then I'll level it 
through heaven on high to 71 and then I can do trusts. I was like, I had this whole plan laid out where I was never going to have to actually go into a dungeon as Dark Knight. Um, but basically, I went into Palace of the Dead and I did floors 51 to 60 and um, kind of looked at my experience bar and I looked at the window to see how much experience I gained and I kind of started doing the math in my head. So and then I read my tooltips and then I went back into Palace of the Dead, floors 51 to 60. And I looked at my experience bar and I realized, shit, this is going to take a long time. It's going to be really boring. And then I read my tooltips again. And then I queued up for Trial Roulette. Um, and so basically I stuck with eight-man content first. I did Trial Roulette. I did um, Raid Roulette. I did Alliance Raid Roulette. Stuff where I could sit back and let other people tank for me. Yeah. Um, although in Trial Roulette I got one of the many Gilgamesh fights. Uh, it was specifically the one where you also fight Enkidu. And so there there were two. There were two of them. Two. Um, so I had, the, <laughs> I had the main tank Gilgamesh while the other guy main tanked Enkidu. And it was kind of it was kind of rough, but we figured it out. That was um, me going into Trial Roulette because I was wanted to level Gunbreaker. And I was like, I'll go into Trial Roulette so that I can be off fucking tank. Um, or so baby that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, either way, it's, like, especially since, um, both, in both of our experiences, our tanks are at level 60-ish. Yeah. Um, we weren't gonna get the, like, really intense trials, because those are all, like, level 70 and up. Uh, I, I guess Susano kind of counts as an intense trial, because that is a specific, different mechanic for tanks, mm. where you have to stop the blade. Um... I think that's a quick time event. <laughs> I can't wait to do it as Dark Knight, and if anybody tries to it's take it from fun. me, I'm gonna fist fight them in a parking lot. <laughs> do not take my glory from me. I have been training as Dark Knight so I could stop a sword with a big sword. You know what we can do when we get to Susano is we both go in as tank, and that way, no, then that way I can just let you have it. You don't have to Thank fight you. somebody for it. Um, and then we do it again so I can do it because I've never had the chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Kay and I just keep yeah. queuing up for Susan. got a plan. <laughs> so again. <laughs> um, that is a fun fight and I love doing it, so it'll be good. But, um, anyway, what was I saying? Fuck. Oh, yeah. Leveling. I yeah. was saying, I was saying that, like, we're not going to get anything too intense because we're all below, like, the level of the more difficult primals like Tsukuyomi uh, or Shinryu or, like, we're not going to get Titania, um, stuff like that. So it was, I was, it's pretty safe. And then Raid Roulette, um, all you have is, like, the first Alexander, yeah. um, I think. And then I have all the Alexander raids, but those those are the only level 60 ones, and those are, like, that's baby shit. So, um, comparatively... Yeah. Although the last Alexander raid is a fucking time. <laughs> so. <laughs> I need to, that one, I've, I've had white parties on that one for sure. I need to queue up for the first, because I haven't even done the first Alexander raid. I think I just opened it. Yeah. That first one's real easy. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, I just meant to, like, don't be afraid. Um, yeah. But then, so, so after that, I kind of worked my way into... I was like, okay, I think I can do light party dungeon content. And my friend was like, who wants a healer queue? I need to do some roulettes. And I was like, I'll tank it. And then I just immediately started, my lizard brain just starts screaming. I'm like, what have I done? What have I done? What have I signed myself up for? Um, but I'm already in the party and we're, we're getting ready to go. And 
they're like, what do you want to do first? And I'm like, I need 50, 60, 70 roulette. I need leveling roulette. I need MSQ roulette. And they're like, okay, let's do 50, 60, 70 roulette. Start screaming again. Because um, I think both of us had bad Dark Knight experiences in 50, 60, yeah, 70 roulette. I yeah, had, I had a really bad Dark Knight experience with 50, 60, 70 roulette when I got Keeper of the Lake. Um, yeah. So I was like, ah! Um, and we load in, and it's uh, the Etherochemical Research Facility, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> My lizard brain's just screaming. And in hindsight, it was probably one of the better ones I could have gotten. Because Jesse and I just ran that one, like, because Jesse was going through it for the first time. Um, so I, I'd just done it. And it has kind of obvious choke points for where you, like, pull up to this point and then go no further because you can't. So I just, and my friend, so we, my poor friend, we load in, and my friend's like, I haven't healed at all this expansion, so go easy on me. And I'm like, okay, and immediately make this huge pull. <laughs> like, my friend's like, pull everything, <laughs> I pull everything from the start to the first choke point, and it's like 25 enemies or something. <laughs> and my friend's like, ah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no fear, we, we fear. lived, though. We lived. Um... So yeah, I, I did okay. Um, it's it's still a little scary to do, like, and I usually when I start my roulettes, I, like, do trials first and kind of work my way into the four-party content, because I've had, I've had some runs that were just absolute shit shows where it's a dungeon I haven't done in a bazillion years, and, like, everybody's chomping at the bit, but I don't know where the enemies are, so it's hard for me to pull big. Like, I'm not... I'm not necessarily scared of pulling big, but it's it's hard when you don't know where the next mob is. Yeah. Um, yeah! Because, like, if I run too far, is are the other mobs going to stop chasing me and go after the healer that's behind me? Like... Yeah. Um, so... Not, I'm nodding. Also, like, this is I understand theory. now why people would get so mad at me in dungeons when I was bard, because bard can run and attack at the same time. Yeah. So the tank would pull the first mob, and I'd start, like, you know fire and arrows at the heels of these mobs and then i'm like why do i have aggro fucking tank and like i was a fool <laughs> i understand now why that's annoying dps still do it though i actually from being um being like tank all the time when i like when i would see the tank pull after i had that experience with you um, through Sestasha, I realized that that was happening, and I was like, oh, so now I just wait for the tank to finish pulling. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's hard to time it, because sometimes you just don't know if the tank is done or not, um, but I try to wait now until the tank is done pulling, and then when the tank has stopped, yeah. I'll start. Once I started to understand aggro tables later on into my bard career, I was like, oh, I'm the asshole, actually. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> excuse me. I did eventually figure that out, and I will wait for the tank to stop pulling. Um, but then I've noticed something with tanks lately, is that they'll sometimes stop pulling, fight the enemies for a little while, and then run off again, and I'm like, but my cooldowns! <laughs> or, like, the healer's like, I just dropped Asylum! I, I have noticed that, like, since I've done healing DPS and tank, like, learning each one in sequence has made me a more considerate healer slash DPS slash tank. Where I'm like, oh, this is really annoying, actually, because, um, you know, it wastes my... I know that if I move now, like, it's going to waste the healer's asylum, so I'll stay put. Stuff like that. Um, 
Although sometimes so, the healer just yeets themselves past you when you're like, oh, I'm going to... Cause yeah. When, when you realize... Like, sometimes I'll stop because I realize everybody's, like, like DPSing already. So I'm like, guess I can't pull more. And then I'll see my healer run past me. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I saw this cursed post on Reddit, on the Final Fantasy XIV Reddit, where a guy was, like, DPS... Oh, they, it was just a shit post. They posted a... Like, because somebody has been... um they kind of, like, data-mined the models, and they were making them do ridiculous stuff. So they had, um, Solas, um, a, like, a Garlean character from later on, doing the Manderville Mambo, and, um, they, so, like, the jazz hands. Yeah. And, um, they were, like, DPS who run ahead to pull for the tank be like, or something like that. <laughs> and it, it, and I looked at it, and it's, like, 500 comments, and I'm, like, oh, boy. So I clicked on it. And it's basically the two arguments were like tank sets the pace, like cry about it. And the DPS who were like tanks who do that are entitled babies. And my grease lightning stacks are more important than your um, under geared ass trying to keep the party alive. And it was like, but the t like, I don't know that attitude. I was like, the tanks are the entitled one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> fuck, Reddit's terrible. Yeah, and, like, bro, aggro management is literally my fucking job. It is my job. Yeah, it's just, like, there's probably a reason the tank's pulling so small. Maybe they're undergeared or unsure of themselves, or they've looked at the healer's gear, and the healer's gear is, like, not great, and they know that they're probably not going to survive a big pull. Uh, nothing wastes time and, and your precious DPS more than dying repeatedly yeah so don't wipe the party in your eagerness to keep your stacks um anyway that got off topic but um i've got my dark knight up to level 69 now nice nice um, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it so <laughs> um i've done all of the quests through level 68 quest and i have just a little bit of a way to go to get to um the level 71, and then I'll be able to do the role quests for Shadowbringers as a tank. So, that's fun. I, I am going to level them up. I am going to do leveling with Truss. Probably not exclusively with Truss, but I am going to do Truss with the tanks. Because I figure it's probably going to be less agonizing, um, because I will be able to set the pace. Um, but also, uh, patch 5.05 .05 came out, and they have increased the amount of of experience that trust NPCs gain from dungeons. Bless you, Square Enix. Thank you. It was bad. So originally, um, my trusts are all level 71 because I've only done a couple of runs of Holminster Switch because they reset to level 71, so the only dungeon they can get into is Holminster Switch at first. Um, it takes six runs of Holminster Switch to gain one level, so you need to run it 12 times to get into Don Meg because Don Meg is a level seventy three dungeon. Rest in the. That's pieces. a lot. Yeah. Holminster Switch is a really good dungeon, but when you're a DPS main, that's really slow. Yeah. So hopefully, it would be nice if they even just like doubled the amount of experience that they get. I don't know how much they've increased it. I'd have to look that up, I guess. Um, because if I level, if I do leveling relates with tank. I'm going to have to go back and level Thancred as a healer or something. So 
Um, I have decided I'm probably going to exclusively level white mage with Tresk. I don't want to heal dungeons anymore. That's I hate fair. it. Um, the, and then I did eventually try Heaven on High. I'm using it kind of the same way I use Palace of the Dead, where I'm like, ah, oh, I'm all out of roulettes to run, but I only need a little bit of experience to gain a level. Yeah. So I go into Heaven on High. Um, it's very similar to Palace of the Dead. It gives different loot, but it's the same system with, you know, the piece of the Accursed Horde, except it's all um, Japanese-themed because it's in Doma. And it ha- uses music from the Stormblood Dungeons. Like, um, my favorite one from Stormblood Dungeons came up a lot, which was the Shisui um, theme. I love it. But it's it seems to hit a little bit harder. We almost got fucking destroyed um, in one dungeon because all of these enemies just came out of fucking nowhere and we're all screaming and just <laughs> running around. And it's like the... Is it like... Um... Palace of the Dead where it's just random assortment of whoever gets in there? Yeah, it's a random assortment of whoever gets in there. Um, It's separated by ten floors with a boss on the tenth floor. You know, similar to that. Um, It it basically is Palace of the Dead just looks different and has different enemies in it. Mm. And there's a different there's there's like a different plot line to it. I still haven't finished the plot line of Palace of the Dead because um, you... Past a certain point, you have to um, use a fixed party mm. to complete. I think it might be after floor 100. But I'm also... I did floors 49... Like, I did floors 1 through 50 with matched parties, and um, getting through floors 41 to 50 with a matched party was bad times. <laughs> because... <laughs> Um, it's different every time you get in, so you can't, like, so so if you're in a trial, it's really difficult. Eventually you're going to clear it, because everybody that's there is seeing what's going on, and you can kind of, like, deal with mechanics that are killing people as they come up, right? Hey, you have to kill the tethered ad first. No, the tethered ad, Patrick the lid, the lid. The lid, Patrick, yeah. Eventually they're going to put their hand on the lid. Um... So, and then you're going to, and then you'll finally beat Innocence Normal. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wiped to Innocence Normal five times on my first time through Shadowbringers. <laughs> Ask me anything. Um, but the, with Palace of the Dead set up, you're getting a different group every time. So nobody ever learns anything. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard and I just kind of got lucky and eventually got through it. So it. It would be better, for sure, if I were to rustle up some of my friends and just go through floors 50 to 100 as a fixed party so that we're not just wiping over and over and over again. That's fair. Um, And then you can also set up a light party and have your tank, your healer, and your two DPS. Or two healers, if you feel so inclined. Um, So that's... And Heaven on High has a similar setup where past a certain point you have to use a fixed party to clear it. Um, but I haven't, I only did the first 10 floors over and over again and it'll, but yeah, it's, it's, it sure is a thing that exists. I'm kind of ambivalent towards it cause I, I'm so sick of Palace of the Dead, but that's fair. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and they finally, intru- they finally released details for the Moonfire Fair and I'm really excited about it. The outfits for it are going to be cute. The They're bringing Moogle back the, masks. The Moogle masks are cute. Um, 
I'm really excited for the Ninja Tower to come back because, hello darkness, my old friends. <laughs> but that's uh, it starts next week and it's going to continue until August 26th. So, going to get me a cute little uh, hoppy outfit and it'll it'll be a fun time. This is so, my first Moonfire. Yeah, it's fun. I had a fun time last time. They also added the. Um, prizes from last year to Mog Station, I noticed. So, like, the swimsuit that I got for being the event, the splash emote that I was showing off, um, that's mm-hmm. all available on Mog Station now. That seems to be their their uh, their thing, is that right before the event starts, they'll add last year's um, stuff to Mog Station, so you can buy it. Because they did that with Little Ladies Day, too. Yeah. Uh, right before Little Ladies Day started, they added all the cheer emotes that you could get from the previous Little Ladies Day um, to the mock station. And I bought them because I'm a sucker. But yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, And then the last thing I've been working on is my lonk is still happening. Um, The cloak is pretty much finished. I just need to um, sew up the bottom hem and clean up some threads. And I need to add a a decorative clasp. I, I feel very smart. Because I came up with this idea. So, like, it's it's closed in the front in the game with, like, a chain. Um, and I was thinking that it's going to twist around on my shoulders, and it's going to choke me, and just generally be annoying. Mm. So I sewed two little pockets into the front, and I put some really strong magnets in there. And so I'm going to attach the other magnets inside the tunic, mm. and... Um, then it'll so the magnets will keep the cape kind of in place, and then I'll have the ch- the decorative chain that attaches with a snap, and so it won't choke me or move around. I'm so smart. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> you're you're so much like more put together than me because my ass would have just done that thing where you take safety pins and put the fat side on the inside and then safety pin it that way. Because I mean that's not a bad idea. It's just that I'm intending to compete, compete with, this with it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna really say. Together. Yeah. I was about to so. say, but I don't compete with mine, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Because um, I, I got also... choked the fuck out as McCree by my Serape because I didn't clip it down, and it just kept choking me the whole day. I'm like, I fucking hate this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen to me if I didn't do something about this cape. So that's my that's my game plan. I have cut out the pattern pieces for my tunic, and I need to dye some fabric this weekend because I couldn't find the fabric I wanted to use in the color blue that I needed. So going to dye some fabric and then it's going to be back to satin stitch hell. Uh, the nice thing about this is that it's linen instead of polyester. So I don't have to worry quite as much about melting the shit out of it. Um, do still have to be careful as I will talk about later, but <laughs> I didn't melt linen. It was something else. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I, I won't have to worry about setting it on fire this time as much because um, it's going to be the the fabric I'm using for the applique is cotton, and then the actual tunic is going to be made out of linen, which takes dye really well as as well. So I don't have to worry about fucking boiling shit, and I can just use normal dye. Um, and I'm excited about that, so I'm, I'm going to start on that. I also started on to the like gloves. I guess he has these like wraps. Um, around his forearms, and then a glove on top. And so I worked on. I started to work on the wraps. So 
that's happening. It's it's moving along. I also patterned up boot covers. I did a lot of like little things this week because um, I was playing Final Fantasy all the time because I'm I've lost control of my life. <laughs> but um, it's stuff that'll hopefully go quickly once I just get started on it. You know. So the hard part is I, I really need to finish my Traveler Shield, but I ran out of black spray paint. <laughs> Yeah. So I need to go get more, um, but I haven't really had time to do it. And then I also need to get started on the um, Bokoblin skeleton arm, <laughs> one way or another. So that's gonna that's gotta happen. And I'm still waiting for my wig. <laughs> no emails yet. I'm a little worried about it, but hopefully, I think their restock is like end of this week. So hopefully, I will hear something soon. And anyway. That's my pre-salt. I don't have very much pre-salt this week. Um, first piece of pre-salt is that, like I said, I was leveling Gunbreaker a little bit, um, which is hilarious because I have no the fuck idea what's going on. Uh, so I like I did read what my skills were and what b- the basic rotations were. There's so, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Maybe perhaps getting getting a unlocking a class at 60 is a fucking wild ass time or a job yeah yeah that is kind of that is kind of the problem with like so dark knight started at 30 and so does astrologian and and machinist which is like not as bad um but red mage and samurai both start at 50 and definitely like i have i have i basically unlocked samurai and then threw it in the fucking garbage but i I main red mage. And so when I unlocked that one, I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. It's really intimidating. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start with a, uh, with a trial roulette because hopefully I'll, um, it'll, like I said, it'll either be piss easy or I will be, um, off tank. And so I did. I, oh yeah. Sorry. I just realized my, my, um, method seems to be don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Let's do a round of Palace of the Dead to test out my buttons, because that's what I did for Red Mage, too. <laughs> I just, I, like, I did, like, some of the quest stuff, and then I just went into the woods and just started killing shit. Um, like, just aggroing stuff. Good way to do it. Yeah, and then just killing it. But, I uh, so I ended up in the trial roulette, and, um, it was, uh, it was Garuda. And, um, I learned nothing, but <laughs> that was so at least I could do the mechanics. So like at least it was Garuda. So I wasn't completely useless. Like I just did the mechanics. I knew about high. We had a really good main tank. He knew exactly what he was doing. And so I don't know. I learned nothing. So then I was like, mm, Alliance raids queued up for those and got uh, d- the darkness one. <laughs> the World of darkness. World of darkness. Um. Yeah, that was a fucking nightmare realm. It was also funny because the the healer just didn't heal me for, like, the whole first... I just... I don't know if they were paying attention. Eventually, they started healing me. Um, I immediately slammed my tank stance off when I got in there. I was like, no, thank you. Uh, I usually turn it off before I even get in. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, would not like to be main tank for this. I mean, there are some parts in that one where you do have to, like, switch tank stance back on. But, like... For the most part. And I failed miserably at that because I was like, how am I supposed to grab aggro for this? Um, Yeah, I don't really understand what's happening there with the AoE aggro pull lightning thing, lightning shot. 
What's my is other that an one? AOE? It it's our I, lightning shots. I, 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 I wish I could help you with Gunbreaker, but I I did basically the same thing. Whereas I looked at my tooltips and I did the first two quests, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at, and then yeah. I, just kinda, I threw that one in the garbage too. So I, just, I have a glamour plate set up for it, but I just like I was just so fucked up. So I was just I got basically I learned nothing, um, but I looked cool. So there was that. I looked amazing. Um, also, there are some super fun things about Gunbreaker, like the gap closer is super fun. Um, it feels like you only have two cartridges that load up. Um, but I mean, like, for, for usually for stuff like Warrior, it eats half your beast gauge anyway, so it's about the same. I feel like yeah, I it's have... on a it's on a cooldown, isn't it? Until you get it back. Yeah, um, I feel like I was filling up those gauges fast, those cartridges fast, and spending them fast. Like I felt like I was constantly spending cartridges. Uh, it felt a lot faster almost than um, some of the other like, stuff I have, uh, it felt faster than Warrior, which felt like I had to really, like, John Madden to get back up to where I was before. Um, <laughs> Speaking of John fucking Madden, when I'm doing big pulls in Dungeons as Dark Knight, basically the only button I use is Unleash. Yeah, you're just like, vroom, vroom. I mean, um, not Edge of Darkness, but the other one, uh, yeah, that one that one's an AoE, but it's a line AoE, and Unleash is the circle. Edge of Darkness so is a line um, a line AoE, but no, uh, edge, oh, Flood of Darkness. Flood of Darkness. Flood of Darkness is a line AoE. Edge of Darkness is a single target. Yeah, um, but I I guess like um, I'll usually slam Unleash, and then Flood of Darkness helps me hold everything once I have it. Um, so. I don't know. I find it super useful to be using to to keep. I aggro. use it for the dark side meter. But, yeah. um, keeping, like, unleashed is all I need to keep aggro. Um, like, especially if, like, my red mage or my healer is trying to outshine my glorious being. Um, but Gunbreaker feels like I'm just constantly slamming down those cartridges. I don't know if it's just because I'm a big fuck up or what. Um, I also, like, I like the cooldowns for Gunbreaker a lot. Um, but... Because I, I am an avid user of cooldowns now, ever since I, I got yelled at about it. But then I was like, you know, life is so much easier when you use cooldowns. Mm -hmm. But holy shit. And, and you do have to use them early, because yeah. it just is more effective. Holy shit, though. Because, like, I try to bust, um, like, for... I have that one shield that Dark Knight has. I don't know the names of anything. Um, but, um the Yeah, the, the purple icon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. The triangle. I purple, okay. I try to like slam that down before tank busters because uh, I also alternate between using that and rampart depending on what's on cooldown. But yeah. like arm arm's length is good for mobs, and then you can the the leg sweep one um, will stun enemies. Yeah, so that's really good too. Um, and then dark mind is magic only. Yeah. So you have to so you know. Have to kind of know. You to, yeah, you could usually tell because caster bosses have some kind of casting thing about them. Yeah, but it's I mean, harder if it's fire or something, you can kind of tell. Yeah, but um, but I but for Gunbreaker, I was just having a lot of fun with that. I mean, I also I was also running. Uh, I also ran Sasha again as um, Archer. Which was hilarious for a lot of reasons because it was like, <laughs> "Hi, welcome to Jackass." Um, 
but I had uh, I I my first baby group buff is um is it called Peloton the one that Peloton with, yeah um I was the gotta like, go fast button we gotta go fast button and I just like anytime we were in a long hallway I was like guess what guys slam it and I'm like ooh look at us go it's so satisfying <laughs> to like not just do something for yourself but do it for your party. That seems stupid, but, like... No, I totally agree. Like, that's why I was so mad they took out Diversion and, um, Mana Shift. Yeah. I I loved the feeling I got when I raised the healer and gave them a little bit of magic and healed them. And I'm like, okay, there you go. Go back into the fight. Yeah, it's so nice. Support is nice, because it's, like, you don't have the stress of being healer, but you have the, like, good part about helping people and keeping everybody going... You truly are the moral support. Um, yeah, I do love Red Mage for that reason. Yeah, so I was having fun with that being little, my little tiny baby buff. Uh, I have, I have the. We kept dying in Sestasha. Um, I was doing pretty well by keeping myself alive, slamming my fucking cooldowns. Um, but, like, because our our healer was just having a really hard time for some reason, and I think part of it was that. What? Sorry, it, it it sounded like from what you were saying they were like seriously baby. Yeah, um, I feel like they had played but never healer, so could be. Yeah, um, they because they were a Viera, so like you can start as Viera now. Oh, that's right. as long as you buy Shadowbringers right from the get go. Like they could have bought the entire expansion. It just and seemed then... like they knew about the dungeon. Like yeah, it, yeah. It was the it was the tank that was so fucking weird. It was a Lollafell in my continuing <gasps> ongoing quest of hatred towards fucking Lollafells that aren't like <laughs> the three Lollafells I care for. Um Kryle, Tataru, and Pippin. Um so like Papalimo <laughs> oh, can square up. Oh <laughs> like Papalimo. <laughs> but like so we get in there as this tiny Lollafell warrior and I'm like, okay. He was doing the biggest pulls I've ever seen in Sestasha. Like, I was like, sir, can we can we slow it down a little bit? And there were times- The dungeon's not great for huge pulls either, because most, at that level, most people don't have AoEs. Yeah, so it was just like these giant fucking pulls. There was a point where I was surrounded, like, by a mob that felt infinite, and I was like, there's, there's no way- there's no way we're getting out of here. You're just SpongeBob Caveman. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but like, our, and then our warrior fucking died, right? Because our healer didn't keep them alive. And somehow I lived. I don't know if it's because I know what my cooldowns are or what. The healer, or, or like the healer saw that the warrior died and was like, oh shit. And just was like... I don't even remember what our other DPS was, but I felt like I'm tank now, I guess. <laughs> tank bard, which is not optimal. Um, but, like, our fucking tank died so many times in that dungeon, and I can't, and I, I don't want to entirely blame our tank, because I think part of it was also the healer. Um, just, just because I noticed that sometimes I was just, like, on the edge of death before the healer would heal me, and it was like they didn't notice. 
Um, so perhaps they just didn't notice. I made a boo-boo too, because at one point I pulled enemies, because I thought our, I thought I saw our Lollafell run ahead, but I guess it was just, like, a dog or something. And so I attacked, I, like, ran into an enemy's, like, hitbox, and they started chasing me, and we all died, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I didn't notice that our warrior was dead. And the healer's like, it happens. Um... But it didn't matter, because we were all going to have to die anyway, unless I just stood there. So, whatever. Uh, that, that was fucking hilarious. It was such a... I wasn't even mad. I was a little bit mad when the Lollafell decided that he was going to pull every single enemy in that area that you can just walk along the left side of and get out of. Mm. You know the one. The one that's right yeah, next to the, the final, final boss star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm like, please, we could just walk s- along this wall and just pull these enemies. And- nope. Gotta pull well, every enemy there. I had I had an interaction similar to this at uh, in Orem Vale uh, in the first room of Orem Vale. It's this huge nightmare arena, and um, <laughs> but if you skirt along the left wall, then you can avoid most of the enemies and just get straight to the first boss. Mm-hmm. And like I get in, and the tank runs down like the middle of the room and just yanks so much aggro, and we all get killed. And um, then does it again. And so finally, I was Dragoon at the time, and I'm like, so if you skirt along the left wall, um, you can avoid most of these enemies. And he's like, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought he was baby, so I started giving everybody advice on um, the first boss, and he got all snippy with me, and I'm like, okay. It's like, I know the dungeon, and I'm like, do you, though? Dude, sir, he just went balls to the wall. Maybe he just wasn't used to being tank. He wasn't used to yeah, having to make decisions. Or, and it's, it was probably like uh, it's been a while since I've done since, yeah. since he done Orin Vale, probably. So, and he calmed down after that one little snippy incident and was nicer. So it was, it was fine. Yeah, I did have like I'll talk about this guy later. Assault, but not at him because he was so nice. Like he was just a. I had this other healer too. Both of the healers were really nice. There was just some weird stuff happening. Um, I'll talk about Bubble Guy later, but he was also nice. So we get into the dungeon. I'm like, hi, new, but I watched a video. Um, it was the, I just want to say Zelfatal. Zelfatal. Um, and he's like, hi, new, didn't watch a video. Um, (laughs) so I, but I, I guess like there, there's nothing, there was nothing super dramatic that he had to heal through. So I wasn't that mad, but like, which is not required to watch a, a video for a story dungeon, and neither are you. You just I, like to. <laughs> I know, but that's because people get big mad when I don't know what the mechanics are. Well, that's their problem. It's not yours. But so we get in. Um, he should have watched a video, perhaps no, not for the dungeon. You no, not for the dungeon. You're not listening to me. He should have watched <laughs> a video, but not for the dungeon. Just on how to heal because. Okay. He, which I'll explain later, because he fucking does something that just, but anyway, so we get to the first boss, and he's like, what the hell is that, right? Because it's that guy on the, it's like that lizard on the air balloon thing, the hot air balloon. Yeah. Yeah, that one actually has a mechanic that I was like, hey, I had to be like, hey, you know, there's a mechanic to this, so we can all just get under that, the turret is gonna blow us all up into the air, but if we're all under the boss, it'll slap him instead, just so you know. Um, 
Yeah, that was, but that was funny. He was so fucking funny. I just love, what the fuck is that? Um, also, somebody else was like, good night, into the chat, and they're like, shit, wrong chat. <laughs> I had I have some great uh, mistyped stories for chat channels in fourteen. It's so funny. I won't tell them now, but yeah, it's at really funny it, when it happens sometimes. At least it was just good night for them. I did have yeah. a samurai that was pissing me off, but it's a samurai. What do you want? Um, it's always samurai. It's always samurai. Uh, I was talking. I was talking with uh, Adrian earlier, and he said something about a monk rushing him in a dungeon. I'm like, it's always fucking monks. Like. <laughs> Yeah, like, stop. Monks and samurai. Yeah, just stop. The samurai thought they were tanking, and I was just like, please, please. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, originally this was somehow a gunbreaker, I guess, but it was, <laughs> I was having fun yesterday. I mean, I was frustrated sometimes, but mostly it was a fun time of, like, hi, welcome to Jackass. Um, there is something, like, special about not knowing what the fuck is going on on the, here on this day with all of your buttons. There's a special kind of screeching panic that happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mood. <laughs> uh, my second piece of pre-salt is uh, I've been reading Howl's Moving Castle. So I work at a library, and I was shelving um, books, and I saw it while I was shelving. I was like, oh, I have never read this. And people always told me, like, it's different from the movie but I like both in different ways. So I was like, okay, well, give it a try. Um, so it was in the juniors department, but I would like to say that, so juniors isn't even YA. I get that it was in juniors because it's kind of got this like Narnia kind of feel to it. And then like, like the way it's written is very simple, but there are some straight up horrific parts of that book where like, two men are taken apart and pieced back together on different bodies, and, like... Yeah, that's, like, that's a thing in fantasy, though. I'm thinking, like, there's some scary shit in, um, Alice in Wonderland and, like, Coraline no, but in the I children's book, but it's terrifying. To you the, yeah, I guess, but I cannot describe to you how fucking gross it is. Like, no, I've read that book, like, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just read it, and I was like, maybe we should have put this in YA a little bit, but, um... I don't know. It felt like a weird place to put it, especially because I've it, been. It might, sorry, it it might be scarier for you because you're an adult, like a, a a younger teen or kid reading this might not really grasp it as much. Maybe I don't maybe know. That's there the was logic. also there's also like a lot of like especially with the part with like his family and whales and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's like I feel like. Would just I don't know if it's because these books are intended to be read with your parents or what, but I'm like this would go entirely over a child's head. Like this yeah. is just adult life stuff. Um, so I I don't know. Like I don't really. I mean I'm not gonna move it. I have no jurisdiction in the library. <laughs> I am an. It's not aunt. your division. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my problem. But it is my problem because I shelve them. Oof, oof. Like like they put movies that obviously aren't comedies in the comedy department and i i don't know what to do with it um but also they put blade in horror which okay i guess it's horror but i would probably consider it more of an action movie because we have other action movies that also have horror elements like van helsing is in action but blade is in yeah that's horror. a weird choice it's a weird choice it's i guess a, it's scarier than van helsing but not by much not by much um but 
Yeah, so I'm like halfway through the last chapter right now. I'm more than halfway through the last chapter. I just got to the part where, uh, where they realized that the witch's heart was, um, actually that lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so they're all going back to, um, the castle where, fuck, Howl's Castle, where fucking everybody and their mother is quite literally... Um, I, so I like, I, I like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to break down how I feel about this versus the movie because I watched the movie first and I also watched the movie when it, I went to see it in theaters when it came out. Me too. Yeah. So I've had that with me for a long time. Um, and anyone who knows me knows that that movie is like my ultimate comfort food movie. Like, one of them. The other one is 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Um, but, like, the, that, that's my, like, Howl's Moving Castle. If I'm depressed, I'll usually watch Howl's Moving Castle and or Pride and Prejudice. Um, if it's a real bad depression day, both of them will be happening. Um, but I, you know, I've cosplayed Howl. I made all his jewelry. I sometimes just wear his jewelry because I, I mean, I cosplayed his jewelry, I cosplayed Howell for the excuse of making his jewelry so that I could wear it, basically, is what happened. Um, because I just remember being younger and, like, like, seeing it and being like, I don't, I don't know, there's something about, like, the way that Miyazaki animates jewelry that makes it seem so appealing. It's kind of like how he animates food. Um, but, like, like, Princess Mononoke has that thing with her earrings, and they make that sound, like, the sound design that goes with her earrings. It's just so satisfying. I don't know. Um, but all the little details of the Miyazaki movie make me really happy. And I think, overall, um, the changes don't bother me because the... A, I was explaining to Kay that the way Miyazaki makes movies is very fascinating and that he doesn't really write a script. He just basically knows what's going to happen and he starts storyboarding and like from beginning to end in chronological order and then passes off the storyboards to people. And so they don't know how the movie is going to end until he hands off the last storyboard um, to the animators and stuff. So that's fascinating to me um and you can tell that Howl's Moving Castle kind of has that feel to it as well as um some of his overall themes that Miyazaki likes so for Miyazaki like he always he either writes about man versus nature or the nature of war versus man um and how like we relate to war which is a theme in multiple of his films so that's in uh the film as well as, like, his theme of, like, nobody's really good or bad. It's just, like, decisions we make and depending on whose side you're on. Like, and thinking you're right, I guess. And everybody has the capacity for change. Um, which is a big theme in Princess Mononoke when you realize that, like, you want to hate all the people in that iron town. But you realize they're just people? Like... And you come to love the women and and worry about them and their husbands. And so, like, and then you find out that, you know, like, the, the main woman who works there also takes care of lepers. And, like, there's just, there's la layers to that that he adds to Howl's Moving Castle that isn't, that aren't in the book. Um, somebody, I watched a YouTuber, um, they're an ASMR artist 
called Goodnight Moon, and they were saying that they also really liked the movie, but um, in the book is, like, mostly uh, Sophie cleaning and Hal being mad about it, and she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's mostly, like, uh, Sophie being real, real uh, bossy and cleaning everything, and Hal just being like, please stop. <laughs> please cease and desist. Um... I do like uh, stuff that isn't in the movie that I like in the book. I like that um, Sophie, it's, instead of, like, having the whole love angle, because it's definitely, like, it's, like, Sophie's holding on to the curse herself in the movie, but it's much more surrounded about, like, her self-love versus romantic love in the movie, whereas in the book, it's also wrapped around, like, her ability, her power that she has um, with words, so she can, like, make stuff happen by talking to it, essentially. And she doesn't seem to realize it as much. Eventually, she starts using it for stuff, but all, like, weird stuff. She doesn't realize that it has larger ramifications, I think, yet. Um, like, when she... There, there are sequels to the book, Kyle's yeah. Castle, if I remember correctly. So, I, I have not yeah, read them. Yeah, we have but... one of them at work. Um, we have two versions of the book, but I took, and I, the one I took borrowed was, is like a larger version, which I would have left for the kids, except for the smaller version had the world's scariest fucking scarecrow on it. Dear God. Yeah, the turnip head guy. Yeah, fucking, the best part is when he fucking puts his own skull back into the turnip so that he can talk, and I'm like, eh! yeah <laughs> no thank you god real fear and i love when he does it like letty's like i'm gonna faint um me too girl uh but um i i don't know i like that element of her own personal power being within her willpower um that's in the book that's not necessarily as much in the movie they got rid of the sister switch plot because what's, what purpose does it truly serve in the book at all? Perhaps in the sequels it serves some kind of purpose. But in the, in the book, I was just like, why did, why did this happen? And it never came to anything. Like, except for that, um, it turns out Michael was in love with Martha and not Letty. Okay, whatever. And, but Michael didn't care, so it never meant anything. Like, and you find that out real early on, so I don't... I can see why Miyazaki was, like, ixnay on the, the sister switch A, because it doesn't doesn't amount to anything, and if they weren't gonna do, like, the rest of that whole plot, there was there would be no point. Um, I... I still like Calcifer. Calcifer's, like, endearing. He sounds like the description of him is not as cute as, uh... No, he sounds more like a demon. Yeah, I think he generally, there's, like, one part where, uh, Calcifer goes fucking ham in the, um, movie when Sophie gives him her hair. Yeah. But, like, and, like, the way he drew him then seems closer to the general description of Calcifer in the book. Um, but overall, they made him far cuter in the movie than he is in the book. Also, he can't be moved as easily in the book than he as he can be in the um, movie. So, uh, and there's also this weird... If you've never um, read Howl's Moving Castle, the black door goes to Wales. <laughs> and, like, it doesn't go to, like... 
the rest of the book is like set in the same area <coughs> and time setting as the movie. Um, with the same, like, Kingsbury and blah, 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 blah. There's a few other locations that don't appear in the um, movie, but it's basically the same place. But the door to Wales just goes to, like, modern like Wales. Modern day Wales. Yeah. yeah, it's just, like, contemporary. And doesn't Sophie even describe Welsh as, like, a strange language as if she's never heard it before or something? Like- yeah. Yeah, like it's Wales is a Wales is the weird place. It's not the it's not the like and like he goes to visit his rugby club, which the idea of Howell in a rugby club is like like I'm trying to I'm trying to like rectify my image of Howell from the book itself and also Howell from the movies with rugby and I can't and it's it's a lot to un it's a lot to unpack. So uh, that's something that happens, and, like, in his room, he has this, like, um, this window, but instead of showing what it should show, it shows his family back in Wales, because the door leads to, like, a family house where his, like, niece and nephew are, and his sister, and other people, um, and the wizard Solomon is not a woman, um, is a man who came, also came from Wales, uh, the the wizards of the Welsh are just very magical. Apparently, I have questions about why. I was like, so what? This Welsh guy just like I don't know, tripped and fell into magic. I have so many questions. It's barely explained that like he was in university majoring in like like the, like the historic the history of magic or something or like, but it seems like purely theoretical, not like an actual thing that was. I don't know. So if anybody's read the sequels, tell me if this leads to anything, because as of right now, it's just, like, this really weird... It doesn't seem to lead to anything or add to anything um, in in the book at all. So I can only assume that it adds something to the sequels. Um, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm at the climax of the book, uh, <coughs> because they're now... Like it's about it's about to be the very end. I have so few pages left, um, but yeah i I like the I like the book because it expands some of the characters more, so I get to experience more of them. Because I guess like for movies, for the movie, it's much more plot driven, you know, and we're much more mm-hmm. focused on just Sophie and Hal's gone all the time, and Hal's gone a lot in this book too. But like. You get to know so much more about him, and he's terrible, and I love him. Um, he's the definition of, like, all the little shit characters that Kay and I are always like, that's my son. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I I don't know. He's charming. Um, I, I cannot pin down anything else about, like, as far as the differences. I think the movie overall has, like, that loving, warm, like, good Miyazaki feel uh the book is is weird because it feels like so much is happening and nothing is happening at the same time but both are good oh also like i i was saying earlier solomon um was just like a man wizard but in the anyone who's seen the movie knows that solomon's like the also the wizard for the king but a lady she's like the combination of two characters from the book which is like this lady that um Howell trained with, and, um, the wizard Solomon. So, 
There also his hair turns so so that scene there's the scenes that are both in the book and the movie are almost the same. Um like there's a lot of stuff that's like almost exactly like word for word, shot for shot. I guess that must have just been the stuff that Miyazaki really liked. But like uh the part where Sophie accidentally turns his hair a different color by moving his shit around, his hair turns ginger at first, but then when it dries it's pink. <laughs> and he kind of decides he likes it yeah <laughs> he keeps it for a while yeah he only, his hair only goes back to black for a little while um because he his his mentor dies and she always liked his hair better black so he it's black again um when he goes to her funeral and then he starts wearing black because he's mourning <laughs> <laughs> fucking I don't even and you can't, he's still extra <laughs> yeah you can't fucking tell if he honestly is feeling a human emotion or if he's just being a little shit um and now his hair is like white like currently it's white uh don't know why like almost like white silver um he just changes it so it seems like something he moves around a lot um but I I appreciate I appreciate both I think uh, Howell gets humbled much faster in the movie, but I think that's just about time, you know? Yeah, pacing. Yeah. Um, than he does in the book, because he's, like, being stubborn till the very end in the book. Uh, but yeah, I, I this is kind of different. I don't usually talk about books, but I'm currently... I probably will perhaps more now. I just took a picture of another book I want that someone put on hold, so I couldn't take it out. Uh, but I was like, oh, this looks fascinating. And I opened it up and I'm like, this looks amazing. Um, so you might be hearing more book stories from yeah, me. I think the last time we had a book review, well, I guess Good Omens, because I read Good Omens right before I, like right after I watched the show. Um, but before that, it would have been The Snowman. The Snowman. God, The Snowman. I We have two copies of that at work because I can't escape. I was putting something away next to it, and I was like, oh, God, the snowman. That book uh, sure is a, a time. It sure is a time. I feel like we should just put that movie and the Assassin's Creed movie in the same spot, because I have to put them away, too, all the time. I'm just like, why this? Why are y'all checking this out? They are theoretically different kinds of movies. Oh, absolutely. But both of them <laughs> have the same fuck-all energy and the same energy. Yep. I'm not exactly sure what's happening in either of those films, to be honest with you. Um, but that's my pre-salt. All right, let's move on to our salt then. Um, I can't make anything without melting it now, I guess. Um, I went... So... Um, the wraps for Lynx gloves. Basically, I measured my arm, my forearm, in a couple of spots and figured out the measurements I needed. And I cut a bunch of strips in varying lengths up my arm, and I'm going to, like, close them with a zipper. Mm -hmm. um, and I made them out of linen, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I can crank up the heat on this iron, and it'll be fine. And I put, so I wanted to interface them so they'd be a little bit stiff, because uh, I'm going to do the design on them with uh, satin stitching or embroidery or something. So I laid out my pieces and I laid out the interfacing on top and I cranked the heat on my iron up to the linen setting and I touched the iron to the interfacing and it just burned right up. 
Um, the linen is fine, so no loss there, but my interfacing just just was fucking destroyed, and I had to turn off my iron and scrape off the melted interfacing, and then, um, like, tur I turned it down to the cotton setting, which is right next to the linen setting, and then it was fine. I, I don't really know what happened there, honestly, like... <laughs> And I, I didn't have I didn't have it like glue side up or anything. I had it on right. Like I I really don't know what happened, but uh, it. I guess I'm just gonna melt at least one part of every single fucking piece of this costume before it's done. Uh, except for the parts that I don't iron at all, <laughs> like the faux leather and whatnot. But somehow uh, you know that there. I was about to mention an episode of iCarly, but never mind. But I will, actually. <laughs> Anyone who's seen that episode of iCarly where Spencer lights everything on fire, even if it doesn't involve fire, like he's drumming at one point and it catches fire. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, this is my curse, is I'm just going to light everything on fucking fire. Um, I hate making gloves, also. Um, I, I'm going to have to make the, his, like, they're just like black fingerless gloves. But uh, I don't like making gloves. It's hard to get the gussets right. Um, and the fabric I'm making them out of, I'm going to have to have finger gussets or else I'm going to cut off circulation to my fingertips. <laughs> so, like, I have four-way stretch vinyl that would look good, but it's it's not a great fabric. Uh, it's the Yaya Han stretch pleather stuff. I have some leftover from when I bought it for my Mikote leggings. Um, but... I just don't really care for that stuff. It's hard to sew with, and it, it is stretchy, and it looks nice, but I wanted... I wa I'm just going to use, like, a, a textured faux leather instead, so it looks more like it's actually leather. Um, so, that it's not as stretchy, though. So, I'm going to have to do the whole, like... I'm going to have to make, like, real gloves instead of the hand turkey bullshit that I do with stretch fabrics. Um, I also hate making boot covers, and that's, that's going to be made out of, like, a stretchy faux leather that I picked out that's gonna work. Um, I'm doing the Camway cosplay method this time. She likes, she has, like, a um, set of heeled, like, ankle boots, and she basically just makes boot socks that go over those. Um, and so there's, like, a hole cut out for the heel part, and she oh, yeah. puts, uh, like, like a stretch lycra on the sole part, and then she just attaches, um, like sole grip to that and then she just slips them over this one pair of boots and that's smart because then you don't have to pack eight bazillion pairs of boots every time you go to an out-of-state convention um so i'm going to do that for because that was a problem when i went to ala last year i had to pack like four pairs of boots um so hopefully this year because i probably will bring link to ala um i will have fewer pairs of boots <laughs> um because I would just have to bring those, like, I have a similar pair of uh, ankle boots, and I could just slip those bad boys on and then pull on the boot covers. But I, I patterned them out, I wrapped my leg and the shoe in in saran wrap and then in tape and cut, freed myself very carefully. Um, I just hope it's going to work out, because it, it's hard to do, um, I find it hard to do mock-ups for stretchy fabrics because um like it's the only way to really test it would be to do it with the stretch leather i'm going to be using because otherwise like 
sure, I could do like a lycra mock-up, but the lycra doesn't stretch the same way that this fabric that I'm going to be using for the final product does. So I'm just going to have to hope for the best. And I guess worst case scenario, I can unpick the back seam and add a zipper. Yeah. Um, but I hate, I hate this. I hate Aww. boot covers a lot. I hate making boots and all that shit. So I guess I, my Mikote boot covers that just like slip on over the boots took like, I almost ran out of faux leather. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> um, but that's, that's all my cosplay salt. I don't have a ton. The last thing I have to talk about is this dungeon experience I had. I um, got Great Google Library as Dark Knight, and I'm like, I haven't tanked this before, which isn't true in retrospect. I had tanked it before, but the less said about that, the, be- the better. Um, but I said, I haven't tanked this before, so here goes nothing. And the scholar was like, I haven't done this dungeon in like 84 years, so same. And then the red page is like, I'm new. And I'm like, oh, great, an actual baby. Fantastic. I'm a parent now, I guess. Um, so we get to the first boss, which is the demon book. And I'm the only one that remembers that you have to run to the other side of the demon book. Um, oh, we also had a samurai, and he seemed to know what he was doing, but he got fucked up by this mechanic anyway. Um, so we, I ran to the other side, and then everybody else dies, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and... Someone, and like I think it was the I can't remember if it was the scholar or the red mage, but one of them's like, "What killed us?" And I'm like, "You have to run behind the demon book when it starts to like close like that, um, or else it'll just destroy you." And then watch out for the black AOEs because they uh, cause slow. And the scholar's like, "Oh well, I'm blind, so." And I'm like, "Yeah, they're hard to see." Um, and they they proceeded to die again to the same mechanic the next time. Uh, they claimed it was because they got stuck. That that can happen in that arena, so I'll give them a pass. Um, and, I, and we cleared it, so I was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, and then we get to the final boss, eventually. And that's called the Li- Living Bibliof- Bibliotaph, I think? And it has this attack called Void Call, and you have when it casts Void Call, it's got a really long cast timer. You have yeah. to run around. Yeah, you remember this. Um, yeah. You have to run around to uh, these lit platforms, and there's like a, a light, a number of lights um, on those platforms to let you know how many people need to be standing on that platform for it to be locked. And you have to lock all of them, um, or else it'll those platforms that are unlocked at the end will summon an enemy, and if all of them are active, you're basically going to die because it's a huge mob. Um, so we're having trouble. I tell them this at the start, um, but we're having trouble getting it. Because each time it appears, there's progressively more. So the first time it happens, it's okay that only the samurai and I I are doing it. Because uh, there's only one light per platform. The second time, there's two, so it gets a little trickier. The third time, it's impossible because you need three people. Um, And so we wiped. And I'm like, alright, well, you know, we'll just do it again. And this time I'm like, hey, when you get the marker, make sure you go to the back of the platform so that we're not weaving around the orbs all the time. Um, Okay, fine. And then, uh, at some point, somebody starts dropping the orbs on those platforms, and so the samurai's like, don't do that. <laughs> I want to say, the samurai wasn't being rude. I don't think he was being rude at all. Um, but it is hard to read tone in, in text chat, so yeah. that could contribute to the issues that we have in a couple of minutes here. Um, so the three light platforms come up, and the samurai and I are standing on one, and the healer's just, like, casting spells. And so the samurai's like, ah, healer! <laughs> and then we wipe. Because there's too many mobs. Yeah. Um, 
we and then so we we respawn and the healer just immediately tilts and is like i'm sorry i was healing three people freaking out and i'm like oh my god i'm like i become raid mom i'm like don't make me turn this dungeon around I was just thinking about this last night, and I realized that it's that scene from that band episode of Spongebob where they're all rehearsing. Yeah. And it's like, these big, meaty claws! Basically. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, it's okay, okay. It's, it's alright. Let's get it together here. Um, we all run down to the boss door, and I'm like, so it's the, it's the three light platforms that are fucking us up. So when you cast Void Call, you guys gotta haul ass. Trying not to, like, blame any one particular person. The Red Mage, through all of this, was doing their best. And they're like, yeah, I didn't see it. And I got, I kind of, you know, it's easy to get... The Red Mage is just happy to be there. (laughs) The Red Mage is happy to be there. Like, it's really easy to get tunnel vision when you're into your rotation or whatever. So, you know. Uh, And it was their first time. So, um... And like, yeah, you know, we'll get through it. And so I start a 10 second countdown and then my food timer ran out. So I was like, shit. So I had to like rush and eat food while I was, while the timer's running out and then run forward and pull the boss. This time we cleared it. Thank God. I'm just like, it just really, like, I was just, I just, when that healer started getting mad, all I could think was like, he's going to quit and we're going to be stuck. Either, either the three of us are going to be stuck waiting at the final boss of Great Google Library for another healer to come through or everyone's going to quit, and I'm going to have to requeue for this dungeon, like, yeah. and do the roulette all over again when we're right at the end. So, like, the last thing I wanted was for this healer to quit. I just wanted to fucking finish the dungeon. Like, and every and the sam the samurai was like not fighting back with the healer at all. Like, as soon as the healer got that, that's why I said I don't think he was being rude. Is because he didn't try to fight back. He just kind of like. I had this mental image of the samurai kind of, like, looking at the healer, freaking out at him, and then looking at me, and then, like, looking at the healer, and then me, like, what do I do? Oh <laughs> it's, it's only game! Why do you have to be mad? Uh, yeah, I just... I have been fortunate so far in that my um, shitty duty finder runs, aside from that one, have been limited mostly to DPS pulling the boss before I'm ready. But, like... Fuck, it's so annoying when it's like everyone it's, children stop no fighting no fighting I'm glad that when I did that uh dungeon for the first time I had those weird three super helpful cat boys who yeah. were dressed like a boy band <laughs> the village people the village people came to help me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that one's tricky mechanically that's also the one where the the gremlins will cast sadness on you and you have to use the comfort emote to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Anyway, that's that's my salt, I guess. Um, let's see what I got. I got Bubble Guy. Bubble Guy. Like I said, he Bubble was super guy. fucking nice. But like he kept casting what is it called, Kay? Asylum. Asylum. Or well, was he a scholar or a white mage? White mage. Okay, then it was Asylum. Yeah. Sorry. He kept Scholar casting Asylum similar. before I even got into an area. So there'd be, like, this big opening where there'd be a bunch of, like, enemies waiting, right? And he'd cast Asylum right there, 
and immediately pull aggro before I'm even over there. And I'm like, please. So they would all go running after him and I'd slam my unleash down. I'd be like, please do not. Because nothing nothing puts more fear into the heart of a tank than seeing like a bunch of enemies or the, just the boss straight up running at your healer with an undeniable need for speed. And I'm like, please. And he kept doing it. And I didn't want to say anything because like I... I'm one of those people who would be, like, rather die than tell the healer what to do, I guess. But, like, nobody else said anything either, so apparently we were all like that. Um, But he did it in boss areas, too. So he'd just pull the boss because he'd put down Asylum, and I'd start screeching because this giant boss would go running at him. I'm like, no! It's frustrating because, like, theoretically you should be able to be like, hey... Man, when you do that, um, it generates aggro, so can you please just wait until I've pulled the groups, and then you can put Asylum down uh, without any trouble. But you don't, theoretically you should be able to do that, but you don't know if the guy's going to tilt and freak out at you. And so you're better off not saying anything, and then he never learns. It just sucks, like... yeah. I mean, like, I could pull aggro back, and I did. It was just annoying because I had to do it in a way that was, like, a panic mode. And everything was so close to my party. And it's like, I had a bunch of... I had um, a samurai and then a red mage and a white mage. And I was trying to keep the packs and the boss, like... It's hard to watch samurai because they're, um... What do you call it? Close range? Yeah. They're melee. melee. Um... Whereas, like, it's easier for me to mitigate damage away from the um, red mage and the white mage because they're at a safer distance from it. But then he totally makes that my job so much fucking harder by aggroing the boss or the yeah. packs. Well, of- you can move, we can reposition them. I do, but then I then my samurai had started their DPS rotations, which is their fucking yeah. problem, but like... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. also if the, if the white mage puts Asylum down on top of you, then, like, it's really annoying if you don't stand in it, and it's like... It's just a fucking mess, and I'm just like, sir, please do not. Like, I didn't... It wasn't terrible, it was just aggravating. I'm like, you're so nice, but please, please if... Um, and yeah, then I had that samurai pulling for me. And I'm like, thanks, I don't want this. I don't want your garbage. And at one point, I could not get aggro because they were on the other side of the, like, platform. And I was just like, you know what? You can have that one. It's yours. Like, I didn't even try to go get it. I just let the samurai. I was like, you can just, you can just eat that pie that you made for yourself right there. I'm, I'm done. I, K every once in a while will be like, then let them perish. And you know what? Sometimes she didn't die, but she stopped pulling so much after she realized that I'll just stop giving a fucking shit. Like, I... Oops, tanks had enough. Yeah, you, you fucking pushed me too far. And I'm such like a... I'm such a, like a, like a pushover tank. I'm like, okay, I'll adjust to you. But you really made me mad. But I'm just like, you know what? You and I kind of both are. We're very ha- like, oh, you you want to be big dick tank? You okay? Yeah. Have fun. Have fun. Just I'll just lay here. Yeah. <laughs> just wa- I just at one point I was just watching. I was just like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I meant that mostly for like eight man content. We're willing. We're we're like totally happy to be off tank and not fight for aggro and like. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll pretend to DPS. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget when Miss Tech said that off tanks can just pretend to DPS right Miss here. Miss Tech's funny, actually. I really like her. And I was like, <laughs> I've been so fucking roasted, and I love it. People um, talk shit about Miss Tech for her puns, but I, I appreciate her I a appreciate lot as a person. Her a lot too. <laughs> Um, I also now say spicy AOEs. I like yeah. spicy conal AOEs. I say spicy a lot too. I'm like, this tank buster is spicy. Spicy. <laughs> um, it's the best way to describe it. Um, second piece of Final Fantasy, Saul, Ariange. <laughs> Ariange. <laughs> I'm so angry. I won't say too much about it because I know a couple of people are still going through Heaven's Ward right now. Um, that are that listen to us. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't say too much about it either. But do remember to hold your questions until the end of the lecture because your questions may be answered in class. I'm sure they will, but I'm still <laughs> mad at him about it. Like I, a lot like, could be solved in this game if people would just fucking talk to each other. Yeah, like what? What? Like we work for the same fucking. He could not tell one per other person. Like ugh, ugh, ugh. I've been this mad since Thancred came at me. Um, this, this is where that art comes from, though. The one you sent me where uh, he pulls down Thancred's blindfold. You remember? Oh. No. Wait. <laughs> that the was, one... That's where, the, that's where, this, where the, the, that came from, is a story arc. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. I... This story arc's a wild fucking time. And everybody... to get, It's actually the post... So the post Heaven's Ward quest is almost juicier than the actual main Heaven's Ward stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's fascinating. Not that Heaven's Ward wasn't good, but this has been some real juicy content. Um But yeah, Urianje, how fucking dare you in my house? I'm sure I'm sure he'll have a perfectly reasonable explanation about it, but I'm still gonna be upset. Um and the last thing is raw sewage is gross smelling y'all yep um so at my work i told you the sewage is all fucked up and so all of our bathrooms smell like death but sometimes that lingers outside of the bathrooms and then also today i had to go uh flick on a breaker in the which we have to do every morning um and but it was my job turn to do it today in the men's bathroom upstairs so i had to go up the stairs and into the men's bathroom and then in the men's bathroom you have to open another door and once you open that door um you have to cover your face because you can sort of smell it in the men's bathroom but once you're into the supply closet it smells like something's died in there it smells like every piece of shit that ever existed is accumulated in that room it smells so bad and so we're covering our faces i almost threw up and I, like, there was a point where she's like, and the person who is, who I'm shadowing at that point had her face covered too, and she's just like, so it smells really bad here, but we have to flick this, and, um, both of us are like, you know, trying to run, and I'm trying to rush out of the bathroom, she's like, we have to lock the door again, and I'm like, ugh, I can only hold my breath for so long! <laughs> it was so gross, I hate it. Um, and I, it was like, and uh, as we're walking away, she's like, yeah, City Hall's supposed to do something about that eventually. Who knows if that'll ever happen because government probably right? not. Yeah. Not um, until some some until the right people complain about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck knows. Um but it was just funny cuz I was just like mm, the pure unadulterated raw sewage of the upper stairs upstairs cursed men's bathroom. Uh and it's 
the upstairs bathroom can only be used by employees. Um, so they're technically the better bathrooms to go to. So I feel bad for the men because it smells real bad in theirs. Uh, yeah. And, but they're, they're, the only way to get to this breaker is to go into the men's bathroom supply closet for some reason because buildings, right? Um, uh, but yeah, hate that raw sewage smell. Not good. Not great. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my salt. All right. Imported salt time. Um, the first is from, it's probably fine. Uh, from at Grizzly Bear, which is a really good screen name for this salt, I feel. Um, but, hey, everyone. I wanted to add on to the Salt Lake Gaming Consult since Kay talked about it last week. I am constantly amazed at how it manages to get less organized each year. I also spent about 15 minutes trying to find the registration and eventually had to have one of the MLM people show us the way. Um, I was also going to a panel, which was a ghost town, because they posted a schedule a few hours beforehand, and there were no signs indicating where the panels were held, and the room only indicated was only indicated by room A, B, and C, rather than 112A, 112B, etc. Oh my god. Um, I forgot about all this. One of the panelists and the moderator came in five minutes late because they had just arrived from the airport and had been given no instructions on where to go for the panel. Um, all that said, I was very happy to see that there were a bunch of indie game dev booths, which is what I loved about Salt Lake Gaming Con a couple origin a couple years ago, but they had decreased a lot over the past year, few years. Um, talking to them and trying their games was totally worth going. I also want to make a quick unrelated complaint. My AC is currently broken and it's been hell. It was 93 degrees in my house yesterday and I'm dying. Thank God I'm moving out in the next few days since the landlord has not been very proactive about fixing it. Um, that sounds like hell. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the indie game dev booths. I think maybe my friends and I kind of stuck to different parts of the hall, but... Um, I remember really liking that about some previous years of Gaming Con. Um, I think the first year that I went, I had a really good time at this one booth. It was it was in the age of like Dark Souls knockoffs being super popular, um, and these guys had made a Dark Souls alike game, and it was very early in their like build. And they only had a couple of things done. And so I played it, and they were like, what did you think? And I kind of, I said something, and they were like, tell me more about that. And so basically they, like, basically they wanted specific direct feedback. So I'm like, okay, um, it was really good, but it feels a bit sluggish. Like, stuff like that. Um, made, and kind of gave them, and they, like, took notes on a notepad. And I got to try, a, like, a, a boss that was less polished, and that was really fun, too. Um so, um, I, and I don't know what happened to that game. I hope it came out. It seemed pretty cool. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was called, but it seemed really cool. Um, so I'm glad if they're bringing that back, I'm really glad to hear it. Um, but yeah, the, the panel stuff is fucking wild. I didn't go to any panels because I didn't know they were fucking happening most of the time. But, uh, that's why they were ghost towns. And I do remember that they passed, they posted the Thursday schedule, like, the con was supposed to start at 2, and they posted it at, like, 11 a.m. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> Fucking gaming con. It truly does get worse every year. Like, I don't get it. Do you want to read Oh, yeah. Um, we got some salt from our good friend Richard at We're Not Wizards at 
uh, well, we are not wizards at We Are Not Wizards. Um, help, help. I've melted into a bucket. I think this is the first time I asked Kay what the temperature was, and it was exactly the same. So I'm sweaty and humid and grumpy because I'm Scottish and not used to the big glowing ball in the sky being quite so bright. It's not natural. Yeah. Yeah, he sent me a message a while back um, at saying it was, I think I want to say it was around 80 degrees uh, for him. And for me, it was like 839 in the morning and it was already 80 degrees. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate, have no idea. I hate summer. And I'm not trying to sh- throw shade on uh, Richard for thinking that 80 degrees is hot because it is hot. It fucking sucks. And in Europe, they're not equipped for that kind of heat. So yeah. fuck that. Um, I'm just saying like, yeah, I fucking feel that man. It's horrible here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been kind of nice these past two days, but as I've, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we're not allowed to touch the, um, the AC or heat in our building. Uh, that's the city's problem, not ours. <laughs> and so, um, sometimes the heater is on in the summer. Sometimes both the AC and the heater is on at the same Fantastic. time. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, so the city's wasting energy and not fucking getting any benefits out of it and i'm sweating my balls off so we have like a bunch of fans everywhere but it's actually hotter it's been hotter inside the building than it's been outside for the past couple days so i was just like "Mm, hmm, today today it wasn't so bad because it rained so it kind of cooled everything off um but it's been triple digits quite a few times this month and i hate it and i can't wait for the fall Imagine having cold weather in the fall. Or yeah, like imagine. Imagine having real winters. Imagine having four seasons. Imagine having <laughs> more than two seasons. <laughs> that would be wild. I don't know. It how is nice. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having to deal with snow. Um, our last bit of imported salt is from Lord of the Podcast Roaches at night underscore twitten. Um, the mining industry is awful for our planet, and also they keep stealing my D&D players. <laughs> Let Sean be home on Tuesday nights, geez. Um, one of these days we'll work out a proper schedule, but for now, as always, scheduling is the most difficult encounter in D&D. Ain't that the truth? The Ain't final the boss truth. of D&D is scheduling. Or any kind of cooperative game that you have to play with other people, because it's also the final boss of Final Fantasy. <laughs> Yeah. My poor friend, I have this one poor friend that is dying to fight Titania EX, and he can't get a group together because we're all busy. <laughs> but on the other hand, it is nice to have that thing, though, so that you yes. can communicate with people. But yeah, it's getting everyone together. That's the final boss of being an adult, to be honest. Yeah, is getting your friends together for anything. Yeah. Imagine if we were organized. And, imagine. And, and, imagine. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, that is our podcast episode. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Filthy Wizard and on Twitch and Instagram as Filthy Magic User. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch as Humanity Upgrade and on Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. You can find our Wayward co-host and editor, Jake, on Twitter as Jake underscore Lionheart. And you can find our podcast on Twitter as at Podcast Salt. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, Fireside, and the works. 
Um, and if you like our podcast and would like to help us out a little bit, consider contributing to our Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com slash the salt report. And of course, remember everyone, organization is the final boss of adulthood. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>